This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we return to our senior salutes for teams who saw their seasons erased by the COVID-19 pandemic. In this episode, we chat with the senior captains and the head coaches for the Bates basketball programs. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates women's basketball team got a couple games in this winter, splitting a pair of contests against Colby, but the vast majority of the season was wiped out by the pandemic. On top of that, senior captain Julia Middlebrook did not get the chance to play in the team's two games due to injury. Despite that setback, the energetic Middlebrook looks back fondly on her time at Bates. Julia, just take us back. uh, Growing up in Connecticut, when did you first really start to get into basketball? How did you fall in love with the sport? Yeah, so I think um, looking back to the beginning of my career, it definitely started at a young age. And I think the passion that I found um, with basketball was that the ability to um, do so many things with the ball. You can dribble, you can score, you can pass, you can defend. And I think just having um, the ability to do so much uh, for the sport made me realize that I love it. And I definitely think um, being able to have three sisters all around the same age as me, like playing outside, uh, definitely gave me more energy as well as motivation to get better at it as well. When did you start thinking, oh, I could maybe play this in college? Um, I think definitely an early age. Um, I was on like a really like high level caliber AAU team, like in seventh grade, where kind of like my mindset and through my coaches and my people that I played with um, was that like you can play at col- at the collegiate level for it. So I definitely, that was definitely in the back of my mind. I played other sports too in high school, but um I don't know like I just wanted to keep playing it I definitely that was in my mind from like a middle school age as well and the position of point guard it's a real leadership role to begin with uh is that something you really I mean you obviously embrace that right being able to kind of run things yeah I think that um in high school and college like being a point guard as well as a shooting guard or just being a guard in general like you really have to um use your voice to call the plays, but as well as communicate with your teammates to make sure everyone's on the same page. And um, with that being said, I also think it's good to just being able to cheer people on and like understanding like what everybody's position should be. I think that's definitely in the point guard, but I also think that's in um, any position that I've played on the court because um, that's kind of part of who I am. That's part of um, how I was able to show myself as a player. And then how did Bates first pop up on your radar when you're looking for colleges? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually had no idea what Bates was. Um, just because I'm from Connecticut, like it's a little farther up north, but I actually, um, saw my coach at a tournament and I didn't realize it was her, but they, like, I was like, Oh, it's like Bates blue or red. Like I just had no idea kind of, but, um, she saw me and then she sent me an email and I right away, I went up to visit and I really, um, it really made a difference when I was looking at other schools about just like, wow, like I could see myself here and I could definitely see myself as a college athlete as well. As soon as I heard Bates Bobcat, I'm like, oh, I love the alliteration. I'm coming here. Well, had you ever been to Maine before? No, I have not. Yeah, the first time I went to Bates was the first time I was in Maine. So it really was like a little bit of a shell shock. I was like, wow, yeah, I can just keep on going north and there's still more land. So um, yeah, definitely, it was definitely different, but I have loved every second of it. And you come in as a first year and you get to play right away and you were named to the all-rookie team in the state of Maine. What was that experience like being able to get on the court right away here? Yeah, I think... Um, 
coming in as a freshman, it's definitely more of like, oh my gosh, like I want to fit in. I want to be part of a team. So there's definitely that um, mindset as well. But then being able to be on the court um, and just, you know, making a difference as a freshman was definitely um, kind of surreal. I definitely felt like, wow, like I got to be part of a program right away and make a difference and make my mark as well as being able to, you know, be a freshman and like make mistakes and, you know, be able to look up to um, other teammates as well was definitely like a big part and learning. I think also being a freshman, you just learn a lot about yourself as well as from your coaches and um, as a player and student that you are as well. And then the experience of playing an alumni gym, it's obviously special for everyone, no matter uh, which team they're on, whether it be men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, what was it like for you? Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, now I'm going to have to start saying back to my college years, but I just think that playing in alumni has been um, definitely a highlight of my collegiate career. Um, It's just like, you're in that environment. I just think that sometimes shots go in where they're not supposed to, or calls are made where you're not supposed to. And like, each time I play, even in practice, I'm just like alumni magic. You know, we often joke about that on our team, but like it is a real thing. And, you know, it's funny, this, the whatever last month when we played and the new freshman got to play, I'm like, guys, no one can really explain it, but it just works. And, you know, it was so funny. Like I felt one of the freshmen like felt that right away. And she's like, oh, yeah. You know, and I think that was a great learning moment for me of just like passing it on. It's like you have to believe it. And once you start believing it, um, it just makes it such a difference in your games and maybe it's a mindset, but as well, that's like everything, you know, other, other superstitions that you have as well. And um, yeah, I just think the coaches, the fans, the community understands that as well too, which is really incredible. Yeah. And the women's team, obviously a tremendous record, especially the past couple of seasons, you know, in alumni gym, what were some memorable games for you? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, so many, I think that, um, for me, I really, I guess, honestly, going back to the last time I got to play um, in overtime was Middlebury, just the last time I took the court there, just because we're coming off of um, an OT loss against Williams and then that we were able to bounce back and um, play there. And I just remember finishing that game and being like, wow, like, um, here's to another kind of like generation of just like winning more games and being part of something that's just like so great and amazing. Um, clearly kind of it took a little turn for the worst, but, you know, I do, I'm so excited for, to see, you know, in the next seasons to come and the players that I've been able to play with, um, how they're able to continue that record and continue that pride that they have for the program. Another memorable game I would say would be your double overtime win over UNE, right? You hit that. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. Um, that oh wow yeah that was yeah that was two that was a couple two years my sophomore year I think um oh yeah that was definitely a highlight um being able to hit that and just be like whoa we got the dub um but yeah and also I just think the best part of winning games alumni is coming up to the locker room and just being able to pop off with your teammates and you know share that celebration like sometimes when you have bad days and practices or you have bad games just like being able to um, come away with a W and perform well is just something so exciting to share with your team as well. Yeah. What's been the most gratifying part of playing, you know, um, division three basketball with Bates uh, in the Nets, you know, beat on this team. What's been the best part for you in general, kind of? Um, I think personally, it's just being able to be with a group of young women that might not are the different ages. Me come from all across the country, um, might not look like me, might be tall, whatever, taller, shorter, 
And I just think being able to have this common ground that we all love basketball. And I think that when I'm looking into the next stage of my life, that like, I'm never going to have that again, which I think is so sacred and so special because you're able to bond with these groups of women that coming into college, do no idea who they were. And I'm leaving, which I know everything about them, you know, and they know everything about me and that you're able to see me at like my highest and my lows and being able to really connect with them. I think the bond, it's almost, um, it's amazing. And I think people, yes, you have high school sports, but it's just another level. Like you are living with these girls, you're playing with them, you're for basketball, you're doing holidays with them. You know, it's just kind of surreal how like when you're spending so much time with a group of people, like, yes, you're going to love them, but also you're going to understand that like there's good times and bad times, but you have to stick with them because, you know, they're essentially your family for um, the four years that you play basketball at this program. And this year, the senior, you mentioned the, the turn for the worst, kind of obviously with the pandemic and everything. And you stuck with them and then they got to play two games, but you were injured. Tell us what happened. Yeah. So um, it's kind of funny. Uh, well, not that funny, but, um, you know, I've never one of the great things that I often thought about was that like, wow, like I kind of went my whole career and this was like kind of winter this past winter of my career. Just like, wow, I've never gotten hurt. Like I've never had to use crutches, never been in a boot. I love my trainers, trainers love me, but I've never had to, you know, do intensive PT with them. And, you know, the day before the Colby weekend, I, you know, had my uniform on, was getting the team fired up and I just took one bad turn and, you know, I kind of royally destroyed my knee um, in terms of tearing my ACL and my meniscus and all that other jazz. But I think doing that, um, I'm beginning to realize that, Yes, I wasn't able to play, you know, the games against Colby, but I've kind of learned, beginning to learn more about myself that it's just like playing the sport has taught me a lot more than being able to shoot a hoop or just to be with my teammates, but it's like to rely on a group that's going to be there for me. And that has just been shown in even the PT on campus, like my teammates coming in and like, you know, I wish they were cheering me on on shooting some threes, but if I can get my uh, flexion to 115 degrees today, you know, they're going to be there for me. And those are like the little things that, you know, I'm beginning to remember that like, that's what your teammates are here for. And that's what your coaches are here for. They're here to support you. And they're supposed to love you even when you're just celebrating the little things. And you told me um, before we started recording that no one even believed you when you said you were injured, right? Because you never get hurt. Yeah. um, And and now looking back, it's kind of funny how I, my reaction, I think no one um, was expecting it because I was kind of like, in shock. I was like, Oh my God, I know. I just told him, I know I did a boo-boo and it's not going to be just a little scrape. Um, and I just thought, you know, I felt for my team, just like, and my coaches, just like how sad they were for me. And that just, you know, coming back into my gym, like I'll never forget it because I just, yes, it was so sad, but also I've just never felt so more, so much love, you know, people just like really like looking at you and just like feeling for you. And I could just see, I was hurt, but everyone in that room was really hurt. Um, And that has just meant so much to me. And I think that when you think about the hard times of being an athlete, and even in my darkest moment as an athlete walking into that gym, I just have felt so much support and love that, um, you know, I never thought I was going to get or never was going to feel because I didn't even think I was ever going to get injured. Um, So that was, that's definitely been another element um, that I've realized that being part of a program that when you're in it and you put a lot of effort into, you're going to get that return because people see how hard you work on and off the court with your teammates and your coaches as well. And it must've been cool to see the first year as you touched on it earlier, get a chance to finally play. Right. After oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, I definitely felt a little old this year, just being the only senior, only captain. 
um, on campus. But, you know, I, and I, don't get me wrong, I'll have all the energy in the world till the day I die. But man, these freshmen gave me life, you know, just like seeing them being able to practice and have their jerseys, learn the new drills, um, you know, ask questions and be a part of a team that, you know, we were apart for so long and just, um, you know, gave me uh, encouragement to like, you know, as I'm leaving this team, graduating college that like the fierceness, the passion that these girls are going to have is going to continue on because that's what um, being a part of this program is. And this is what you have to bring to the table. And that's going to be cool to watch even next year um, when everyone's back together, being able to, you know, have a real season and play against um, in NESCAC play and conference play as well. Terrific. And then for you personally, obviously the, the immediate goal is to recover from the injury and be able to, you know, walk normally and whatnot around campus and everything. But uh, in terms of the near future for you, what else is on the table? Yeah. So I think for me, um, which I also have to, you know, thank uh, my, I think the, my coaches and athletic staff and as well as um, Bates College is that I'm able to go into a job that I'm a history major, but I'm going into a field that's like, um, not really with history it's with coding and technology um so being able to kind of have the confidence and I think I 100% gotten that from my coaches and from my teammates that you know you know chase your dreams and do something different if you want and you know just because you have the opportunity of having a liberal arts background and being able to be a college athlete is that you have the confidence to do something that's not typically done before you know that um you know, when you're walking into a job interview or you're walking into your next career that like maybe you're not quote unquote suited for, that doesn't mean you can't get it. And um, I definitely have learned that firsthand, just being going into a field that's not um, typically what history majors do. Excellent. Uh, well, any other thoughts you wanted to share that you haven't got to talk about by your time at Bates? Um, I don't think so. I just think that my experience has definitely been um, with my team, but I also the support that I've gotten with my friends who are also college athletes has definitely been awesome to have those relationships, being able to have conversations about maybe they weren't on my team, but they were, you know, having the same experience as well. Um, and understanding what it is, what a grind it is to, you know, go to practice, try to be your best all the time to look good, put a good face forward, even when you don't want to has definitely been helpful. And then also just um, the coaching staff that my team has had, has just been incredible. I think, um, when I look back, uh, all of them have just been so supportive and um, have really allowed me to be who I am. And don't get me wrong, I definitely um, test the water sometimes with my jokes and um, my spirit, but I think that they have all done a great job in just uh, allowing me to be expressing for who I am and um, really embodying that as well on the team. So I'm so thankful for this experience that I've had. And I think if you told me four years ago what my journey at Bates was going to be, I don't think I would have believed you just because I have loved it so much. And that if you told myself four years ago, I would have been injured. I'd be like, no way. But, um, you know, I think it's part of life and it's part of, you don't really know the unknown until you live it. Um, and that's been kind of what I've been getting to learn and just ready for the next chapter. Head coach Allison Montgomery joins the Bobcast to look back on Middlebrook's career and to give us an update on the women's basketball program as a whole. For Montgomery, the spark Middlebrook gave the Bobcats through the years was evident from the first time she saw her play. In recruiting, I always like to look for high motor players, like kids who are just always going hard and competing every possession on both ends. And she definitely displayed that. Um, also a really good teammate. Um, just always has her head up, um, always communicating. Um, and so I really, really like those two qualities about her while watching her and then getting to know her. 
um, you know, she had that same kind of energy and same just kind of gift for communicating um, that I really appreciate. Yeah, she was a captain both her junior and senior year. I mean, you mentioned the communication and obviously the enthusiasm is apparent to everyone, right? So apparent. It, you know, it just makes an unbelievable difference um, for morale, for competitiveness. Um, she just has a way of, um, she just has a gift of inclusivity, just kind of making everybody feel like an, they're an important member of our team. And um, that has just, that has gone so far, you know, along with her just natural, natural tendency to just kind of understand how awesome every opportunity is to compete. It's something that I think we talk about a lot as a team. And I know a lot of coaches, um, talk about, I mean, we talk about that across all contexts, I think not just in athletics, but just kind of having perspective and, um, looking at the positive side of things. And she just does that, you know, naturally. So, um, it's, it, it brings a ton to our team. And you had her playing at point guard and at shooting guard, right? Different positions kind of during her time. Uh, what do you see from her at both spots? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think she, no matter what we asked of her in terms of what she was doing positionally, she always was able to manage sort of, she was so consistent with bringing what we relied on in terms of her energy, in terms of her defensive intensity, in terms of her ability to communicate. So just having some flexibility there, um, you know, in her younger years, um, she handled the point a little bit more. And then um, having some other players who could do that, it freed her up a little bit. She has been, she's really been a huge spark for us in terms of being one of our best shooters, um, just highest percentage shooters. Um, so when she didn't have to manage the point as much, that allowed us the opportunity to, to kind of set her up for, um, for her three-point shooting. Any moments that you recall during her time that really kind of embody who she is and uh, as a player, as a teammate? A million. Um, <laughs> I think there's a couple, um, you know, just sort of in our practice settings, um, she's really good at, um, I know I'm going to miss this a ton next year. Cause I think she does it more than I even realize. but it just kind of understanding, um, the vibe on the team and sort of when the team maybe isn't meeting my expectation or the team's not focused, she just has a great way of sort of pulling people together and getting the most out of her teammates. Um, and I'm thinking of one specific example where she had one teammate who was really struggling. It was an individual shooting drill and we had set the expectation that everyone had to get it um, at a certain practice. And we had one teammate who just could not get it. She can get it. And obviously when you're a member of a team and you're struggling in that way, it does not feel great. Um, maybe you lose some confidence, maybe that can affect the rest of your practice. Um, and so after that drill ended and the team had to run, um, at the end of practice, I, we had to select, um, one teammate to hit some free throws in order to end practice for us. And when I said, who's going to shoot them without even skipping a beat, Julia immediately called on this teammate and says, she's going to step up and hit him. Um, you know, when that teammate was probably feeling down, probably feeling like you want me to, you know, and that kid stepped up, stepped up and hit those shots. And I think that's just an example of Julia being able to, she, she just knew um, what that kid needed, what our team needed and was able to give that kid confidence. I think in games, um, I can think of so many moments. I think of her freshman year when we beat Middlebury in a home game and she kind of hit a baseline jumper to win it. 
Um, I think about that moment and I think about a couple moments last year. Um, again, it was our game against Middlebury, um, that we won in overtime where she just hit some key shots, made some defensive plays, um, that really kind of sealed that win for us. So she has, you know, I have, I could go on and on and on, but those ones kind of stick out right now. Certainly. And then obviously I talked with her a little bit about this, but you know, you, the team got to play a couple games this year, but she got injured in practice before she told me she was trying to pump the team up and she got hurt and she had not been hurt at all during her career. Right. Unbelievable. I just, I could not believe it when the moment happened Um, in my time coaching her, I've never even experienced, like she's never even had a sore muscle that she's spoken of a sprained ankle, a sprained finger, you know, so I've never seen her injured. Um, so she, you know, and to injure herself so badly, I mean, completely blew out her knee. Uh, when it first happened, I didn't even, I, I thought, I don't know. It just didn't register to me that this was a possibility. I thought she was a little immune to injury. Um, so I, yeah, I can't really express just sort of the emotional weight of that. I think not only because of who Julia is and what she brings to our team, um, but yeah, just having this, she brought unbelievable positivity and energy to a year that was really hard for her on a lot of levels. I mean, I think being the only senior this year to sort of lead her team to lose a season for someone who's been, um, her commitment to our program has been unmatched and the growth that has happened in her time and a lot because of her, um, to lose a season. It just, it has seemed so, so cruel. And I know athletes, you know, across, um, divisions, you know, all athletes like feel this way. Um, but for just us personally, it has felt kind of cruel. So to have this opportunity to say like, okay, great. Like we're preparing for two games, which is something that was really unexpected and not something we really thought we were going to have an opportunity to do, um, was just beyond exciting. So for her to injure herself, like the night before we were going to play in those games, um, was pretty devastating for her and for our team, definitely for me. Um, but you know, she pretty much immediately, embraced um just what positive positive she could find in that situation and she was incredibly um supportive of her teammates that weekend um and it was also quite an experience for our team to suddenly um be without julia and to realize the weight that she carries um with her leadership they you know everyone knew that but i think then when it was missing it was like, wow, she has such a powerful impact on her team and a little preview to next season um, in terms of the weight that other players will have to, to carry sort of with that emotional leadership. Well, folks watch the highlights from the win over Kobe at Alumni Gym. You'll see Julia in the background hopping up and down one leg, right? So still keeping that enthusiasm. You will for sure. Yes. And just, um, yeah, yelling, yelling her heart out on the sideline. Yep. Excellent. And then, um, well, Taylor McVeigh was going to be a senior this year. Uh, she's coming back next year. You know, obviously those decisions had to be made across all sports, you know, looking at how did that, how did that go about from your perspective, talking with some of the student athletes about, you know, their options kind of. It was really hard, you know, just this, like, like so many decisions have been during this time because there's so many unknowns um, with Taylor specifically. Taylor is, um, one of the most mature, um, just intelligent women I've ever coached and she's pretty decisive. So, I mean, that goes back to when I recruited her, um, 
she was one of the student. I mean, I've never recruited someone who so early was able to say, yeah, this is a match. This is where I want to be. And I'm coming. And I was really, you know, there's, um, she's just decisive and she knows what she wants for herself. Um, and so she made the decision pretty early on, um, and just kind of was able to say, despite, you know, what might happen, I just, I know this is the best decision for me in terms of being in a situation where I'm controlling my own destiny a little bit. Um, and just felt like, you know, no matter what, um, the season was not going to be normal, even if, you know, we did have an opportunity to play. And she's also a woman in talking to our athletes about this decision. My biggest piece of advice was just sort of, you got to have a plan if you're going to take the year off because a year is a long time. Um, this is kind of, you know, it's a, it's a formidable part of their lives. And I think they have a lot to offer at this, you know, stage in their life. So I just wanted them to feel like they could be productive, that they were moving forward instead of standing still during this year. I think just to keep their, their sanity for their emotional, mental, physical health, like they just had to have a good plan. So again, sort of who Taylor is in terms of her maturity, her intelligence, like she had it lined up, like she's preparing to go to medical school, um, after Bates. And so she has used her year very productively, um, so we missed her a lot, of course. Um, we've stayed really connected. We've missed her, but I am also really thrilled that we'll have her um, for another season and in, in what will, you know, hopefully be much more normal. Yeah. What did the team get out of the, the, the two games you were able to play against Colby? What do you notice? Well, great opportunity for, um, you know, our younger players or players who don't have as much game experience just by nature of you know, after we lost Julia being out four starters, <laughs> um, in a sport where you only have five of those, um, was a really unique opportunity for those, those athletes to just kind of step into that role and, um, see what that felt like. And, you know, I feel like as a coach, for the most part, when you can put people, um, in a position with more responsibility and you raise your expectations, they, they can meet them, you know? So, I think that was really cool, you know, just to be without, like I said, Julia's leadership and also um, the leadership and just the play of, of four usual starters who carry that weight. It was cool to see other women step into that role. And then obviously, I think just the opportunity for our freshmen to put on a uniform um, to compete um, against another, you know, a specifically a conference opponent too, just to get a little feel of that um, before they'll be sophomores. Um, I think was really, really valuable. So I never thought I would say like, um, oh yeah, like two, two, two games of against a conference point opponents going to prepare our freshmen for the sophomore year. But I do feel like, you know, those, those two days, um, gave us a ton and it was, it was neat for us too, as coaches, just to kind of see, you know, when you recruit, um, and you welcome people to your program, you have a certain vision, but to be honest, to be honest, none of us really know how that's going to play out, <laughs> how it translates, what kids do at the next level, how they're able to mentally adjust. And so it was really cool for us to see that. And, you know, we are really excited, um, about this freshman class. So I think it was really valuable. Terrific. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about, uh, the senior class of one, essentially Julia Middlebrook. <laughs> I just can't say enough. Like she just, um, she fills my heart every single day. Um, I think, you know, the, the legacy that she's left on this program is just incredible. It's gonna, it's gonna last and, and who she is to me as a coach, um, 
you know, those moments that you kind of asked me about, those are going to stick with me throughout my coaching career kind of forever. And just a woman that I know um, will be in my life long after she leaves Bates and she's going to do some pretty awesome things. Um, And I just think the last thing I would say is I can't tell you how many times this year I recognized how lucky I was as leader of this program to have her sort of driving the ship as a senior. I mean, seniors are in a hard place this year and it's a tough thing as a coach to know how much we include them in the, the continued sort of forward movement of our program and how much space you give them to sort of mourn and grieve what they've lost. And, you know, they're kind of moving on, but she was just so present every day. I mean, she was the one that was telling the freshmen, yeah, we're meeting for a a 7am lift and we're, you know, this is what we do. This is base women's basketball. So I am so grateful for her for what she's given every single year to our program. But I think this year it's like, I think my biggest, one of my biggest concerns going into this year is like, do we lose ground in the culture that we've created in this program just because of all the challenges in continuing to move that forward um, with all the restrictions and sort of lack of a normal season. And she just plowed right through it, you know, and um, she, she let our culture prevail and she just um, let our troops right through that. So I'm so grateful for that. Excellent. Allison Montgomery, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. The Bates men's basketball team scrimmaged once with Bowden, but that was it for the Bobcats this season. Bates is led by four senior captains, David Akinyemi, Billy Lahart, James Mortimer, and Raheem Spence. Gentlemen, let's just start with uh, how you first got interested in Bates. Take us back to high school when you're looking. Uh, Billy, let's start with you in terms of how you first got interested in becoming a Bobcat. Sure. Thanks for having us, Aaron. For me, I would say that I always had the NESCAC in mind going through uh, the college process and, and playing basketball throughout high school. I always knew that I wanted to go to a place that had a small community, uh, liberal arts college, where you know you can uh, get to know everybody on campus and you know balance your your academics and, and basketball in a in a way that would really get the best out of you and um, you know challenge you to grow. So. I would say that when I came to the elite camp, a lot of um, other players that come through this program start by going to the elite camp hosted by Coach Furbush. I just really liked the energy that he brought. I could see that that was reflected in the guys of the program. Um, so for me, that's that's kind of how I got interested in Bates and what, what led me to come here. Terrific. Raheem, how about for you? I think quite simply it was um, McCoy Nickel. I don't know if you know him, but he graduated in 2018. Yeah, he was a football player. He put Bates on the radar for me. Me and McCoy went to the same school. We went to A1O Farms in Connecticut. So he was, I think, um, I think he was a junior when I was a freshman originally. And then I did like a fifth year high school. And then, yeah, he put me on the Bates. And then once I came here and like visited, um, obviously for basketball, I met with Fergus and I just loved how great of a guy he was. I just got this like charisma and he actually like cared about me as a player, you know, not like other coaches didn't really have that same, I guess, like affect. Excellent. Yeah, David, how about for you? For me, it was kind of just playing basketball in high school and then kind of listening to like my college coaches and as well as college recruiters and trying to find the balance between like uh, the most academic vigor, but tied in with the most like uh, competitive basketball. So I think I, I was talking to a lot of my college coaches, I mean, high school coaches and a lot of like counselors. And then I went to, I think it was a hoop group, like all academic camp and um I was able to meet a lot of the NESCAT coaches there. And, but the one that stuck out to me was, uh, was Bates, uh, the coach, assistant coach at the time there was a uh, coach, Sam Horning, and just the way that he spoke about the program and how things were run. And then 
once I had my visit, like I knew like this was somewhere I wanted to compete at. Terrific. And James, uh, last but not least, in terms of how you first got interested in vapes. Yeah, I'd say a combination of, of everyone else's experience. Like the elite camp was big for me, meeting Furbush and kind of seeing how he operated. Practice was big, um, just bringing that energy and, and that passion. Uh, and also just off the court being there for you and, and really creating uh, just a, a, a personable relationship. Um, I played with Jeff Spellman uh, in, in high school a little bit. So I knew he was here and, and that kind of brought my, brought my eyes to the program and, and kind of put it on the map for me. So, yeah, I mean, I had that kind of NESCAC trajectory like Bill and I'm just I'm glad I ended up here and it's been a fun four years. Looking back on all your careers, maybe some memorable games um, you know, out there on the alumni gym quarter, possibly on the road in particular for each of you. We'll go in reverse order this time. James, start with you in terms of memorable games. Yeah, I think that the most memorable game for me was the Middlebury game last year, just just to give us that bump into into the playoffs. Um, I didn't play a great game, but you know the thing about us is, is teammates always have our backs, and and gulping with that shot, it just it's so clear in my brain. It, it's really just a special moment running out there with all the guys. Excellent, David. How about for you? Yeah, definitely. I would would have said that as well as my answer, but he already said it. So I'd probably say, I think it was one game, maybe my junior year, we played, I want to say like UNE and we probably beat them by like 30, but it was the one game where we had the entire team, like everyone played, everyone scored. And it was just honestly like a moment where I felt like so like proud to be a Bobcat, just proud to be on this team, proud of not only myself, but like everyone, like, because they contributed to this win. So that's definitely what it was. Definitely, yeah, that was a great one. Raheem, how about for you? I would have to say, I think last year, a game against Wesleyan where um, Cody at that game-winning layup, which was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, that game was amazing. I mean, Wesleyan was a great team. And I don't know, I can just remember him in that layup. It was a weird, like, layup, too. I did, The bounce was perfect. I was just so, like, happy. They beat us bad the year before, too. Yeah, so nice yeah. To get them back. Exactly. And being Wesleyan always means a lot to Coach Furbush, of course, because Coach Riley coached him here at Bates. So, Billy, I, I, I know that for me, at least in regards to you, main maritime uh, with the Navigators there, but how about any, any – uh, what are your thoughts on the most memorable games from your point of view? As soon as you asked the question, I immediately thought of the Middlebury game because Gilpin shot, that was just pure bliss. And, like, whether you're, you know, in the game or, or, or on the bench, like, you just absolutely dream of being a part of those games and, like, getting to experience that feeling of just – you know, making a beeline like straight for your guy, like as soon as he hits that shot. And it was such an exciting game, especially because I remember freshman year, we had a tragic loss against them. And it was an unbelievable game. Like Mort had like a baseline and one dunk, like three point play. Uh, Spellman had some like sick dunk coming down the lane to like, you know, tie it really close together at the end. So to kind of bring it full circle and have Gilp send us into the playoffs with that shot was unbelievable. But I, I would also be remiss, obviously, if I didn't, you know, mention personally the main Maritime game because it just, you know, I got to kind of tie together the two biggest parts of my extracurricular life at Bates and, you know, got to hoop with, with David and, you know, the guys on, at, on the bench and, you know, we had that sweet give and go connection. It was just an all around. I got to chat with you after the game. It was just a fun day, <laughs> you know, so I'll never forget that. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this, you mentioned it off the court. Uh, I kind of want to go around the uh, the panel, sort of talk about off the court stuff you've done at Bates. And Billy, we'll start with you because I know this is a big week for the Special Olympics Club. What's happening this week? I'll give you a chance to plug it here. Absolutely, shameless plug. So it's <laughs> it's virtual college championship week, and it's presented by Special Olympics North America and ESPN. So it's it's a national kind of competition, and it's a great opportunity for our club. Uh, Celine actually reached out to. Uh, Bridget and I, the club leaders, about this um, this opportunity, and we jumped on it because obviously it's been a really tough year to get things going in our club because we we thrive on you know getting together and and playing sports and doing team activities. So uh, to have something like this, where you know although it's virtual, we can kind of get together and do some really fun different activities, um, you know, get a good good message out there. It's been a blast, and I've been really appreciative that. Uh, you know, people have been supportive of it and willing to, to participate. You know, it's been great. David, I know you're part of the Agents of Change group. How has that been going? I know it's a fairly new organization, but uh, you're one of the leaders, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Faith Agents of Change was a group we were able to start this year that kind of focused on highlighting and uplifting and supporting uh, athletes of color at Bates. Uh, me personally, I'm one of the lucky few that gets to be a part of a team that's very diverse, but there's not a lot of students who have the opportunity or have that support system that I think I have. So what we're trying to do is create this organization that not only provides community, but provide resources that not only changes their experiences, but the experience of the Bates community as a whole, as well as uplifting and outreaching the places in uh, the Lewiston community. So how can we help the youth? How can we help youth sports? How can we help the community that we take so much from? So that's kind of what Bates Agent Change is all about. Terrific. And then off the court for you, James, where has been some impactful things at Bates for you? Yeah, I mean, being part of that group is, as well with David is big for me, just kind of learning and putting forth resources like that. Um, definitely huge. Um, as well as as well with Bill, just like jumping into practice this last year with the Special Olympics, that was definitely memorable. Um, my religion minor, I've met some great professors, Professor Marcus Bruce and, and Ali Akhtar have been, have been big for getting me through uh, these four years and really kind of shifting my focus from from like an econ to to more of a humanities history religion so it's been it's been great yeah Raheem I know you're a biochemistry major what are some impactful things that's um, you know happened at Bates for you uh through at least four years off the court perhaps yeah I would probably echo something similar to James's um the times I stepped in in uh, Special Olympics were really really fun and profound and I really appreciate Bill for putting that together and it's like being that guy for us and then I guess my thesis advisor, Matthew Cote, and his wife, Jennifer Cote, they're like really good professors and they've helped me a lot throughout my four years here. So I think they've impacted me in great ways um, that I'll take on further. Terrific. Well, we'll go around once more. Just any other thoughts you want to share about your time at Bates? Could be basketball related, could be not, that you wanted to talk about uh, before we sign off here. We'll start with uh, Billy here. I think it would be good to just, you know, think about what a unique year it's been. And I speak for, you know, my, my guys here when I say that it's going to be weird to like look back at the, you know, the, the schedule and see a zero and zero in the win loss column. But like, I guess in, in a year like this, you have to just go back to the old definition of like what, what success is. And it's, you know, have you really, have we really applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand? And I would say that, you know, we, we certainly have, it's been an awesome year. We've gotten a lot better. It's a really, really tight group. And, uh, you know, it, I think that it, we should never look at it as like a wash. Like this was, this was the COVID team. This was a really special group that did a special thing. And I think that, you know, you, everyone's going to see that 
you know, come November next year and what, what those guys do. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So I'm really excited for them. Awesome. Raheem, any other thoughts you wanted to share? I guess I got like a little quick remark. I just like how like us as seniors have um, just been really good to like our other teammates, especially the freshmen. We've had like a tight knit community um, that I don't really remember much of as a freshman. Um, I really, I think it goes a long way that we have that with our freshmen, you know, in our underclassmen stuff. That's huge. Um, and I hope we can continue that for next year as well, you know. David, how about for you? Final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts. I would just say just like all four of us have like learned this uh, embrace the wrench mentality that our coach, Coach Furbush, tells us a lot about. And it's the idea of the, the power that comes with facing adversity and how this year has been the ultimate wrench, like for us collectively, but also individually. But like, I think we've all seen how like with adversity, we can like learn so many things, not only about ourselves, but about ways that we can like move forward, like and adapt and like build. So I think though we have so many like negatives that people see in this year, I think there's so many opportunities for growth. And I think we've all, like each and every one of us have, have seized that opportunity. Great, James? Yeah, I'll just echo that. And the wrench in that story, it has definitely been kind of the core of our team and, and just doing the hard work when, when no one's looking and, you know, this this year has definitely been tough for everyone and it's just about putting one foot in front of the other and keep going so there's, there's no other people that i'd rather be doing it with and i'm happy that we're here and we're, we're graduating so it's been a pleasure terrific these are our four senior captains for bates men's basketball david akinyemi raheem spence billy lahart and james mortimer thank you so much for joining us on the bobcast i really appreciate it thanks aaron Appreciate Thanks, it. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Head coach John Furbush salutes the Bates senior class, which includes the four captains and Sonny Piplani, who returned to the team as a player after serving as a student coach during his junior year. Yeah, big picture. These guys uh, exemplified what leadership is given the circumstances of, of this COVID era. Um, I, I still remember the day in March, I'm sorry, October, when I had to tell these guys that we weren't going to have a season and, and initially it was a, a very difficult blow for these guys, but within 24 hours, they reached back out to have another meeting and say, how can we, how can we make this right? How can we give back to the program? And I just thought it was an incredible unselfish thing that they did as a class to make sure that they leave their legacy. And so I, I think to have that mindset um, as a group was really impressive to me. And I, and I think that has shown in the, in the about 30 workouts we've had over the course of this year. I mean, these guys have fully invested into their senior year, even though it's not at all what they pictured it to be. Um, so this is a class that I will forever remember. Um, I think they laid a, an incredible foundation for the future Bobcats. And, um, you know, it's just really unfortunate that some of these guys didn't get a chance to wear the jersey this year the way they had hoped. James Mortimer, number three, uh, guard and forward history major, from Massachusetts, uh, played right away as a first year, right? Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's been a, a really important contributor since he's stepped on the court as a freshman. He's a tough one because he's really talented. He was playing with some other really talented players that were a year older than him, but he always found his place on the court. Um, and the thing about James that's so good, he's kind of like camouflage. He knows how to, how to play with guys. I think everyone that's played with him over his four years has really enjoyed uh, being a teammate of his because he just knows how to play the game the right way. And, but he's also super skilled and, and can score and, and he can defend. He does, he does a lot of good things in the court. And, and this would have been a really 
big breakout year for James. I think he, um, you know, when just watching him, even in the pickup that we limited pickup we had this year, I was like, wow, man, this now that some of the seniors from last year are gone that cast a pretty big shadow. I mean, he's, he was a really talented player. Um, and I, I hope that he pursues graduate school and, and finds his way onto some roster to prolong his basketball career. Cause he's, uh, he's somebody that could, he can make some noise. Is that something he's looking to do? Yeah. We've had some initial conversations. Mm-hmm. He's throwing some applications out there. I mean, some are to, you know, mid-major division ones, which, you know, for him, like when you're a senior in the NESCAC and you have three years of experience, I mean, he can play there, you know, is he, I mean, is he going to like start there? Probably not, but he won't look out of place in a practice setting at all. So, you know, I, I hope that he does pursue it because I know how much basketball does mean to him. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate we don't have grad, grad school debates. Right, right. Uh, David Akinyemi, number five, a guard from uh, Virginia, a physics major, a three-time NESCAC winter all-academic selection, and that's the most you can earn that honor. Um, obviously, uh, big time on and off the court, right? David's fantastic. Yeah, he's been an incredible leader for us with, with everything involved in the program. Uh, he, he's really exemplified uh, Bobcat basketball in my mind, and, you know, he would have had a really – a much bigger role this year. And I, and I, you know, it's unfortunate to say that. And it's easy for me to say that in the, in this type type of setting, but um, the kid's a worker and I think everything he's got, he's earned um, super bright. The kid's going to have a, you know, a very successful future. And um, I think everything he's done on the court and off the court for all the guys that have been his teammates um, has really been a, an incredible thing for them to see what success is supposed to look like. So um, I've always enjoyed the conversations I had with David and, uh, he's, you know, he's really challenged me as a coach to think in ways I haven't thought before. So I'm, I'm going to miss that kid a lot. Excellent. And then number 10, Sonny Piplani, a six foot eight forward from Singapore, uh, major in political economy. And he's had a quite the interesting ride here, right? He, he had some injuries. He became a, a student coach with you, I believe last season was going to be on the team this year again. Uh, tell me a little bit about Sonny's kind of journey through the program. Well, so yeah, Sonny's been invested in a lot of different ways in the program um you know certainly came in as a as like a pick and pop specialist the kid can really shoot it and um uh you know definitely battled some injuries and you know made some decisions on some internships and some summer jobs that's really going to help his future where when he was he had that debate between like all right i'm injured what can i do to help the program without jeopardizing my future at the same time and so we had a lot of good conversations about how we can kind of do both that worked out in both our favors um and then, you know, it's been, it's been hard for me this spring. Cause like, he's such a high IQ guy and he's done some really good things with this new offense we're putting it in, in place that I would, it would have been great to see him in it, but um, it's been great just to have him in any capacity he's been given to us. And he's definitely somebody that has always expressed gratitude for the opportunities had here. So um, that doesn't go unnoticed and I'm, and I'm grateful for his time and commitment. And then number 13, Billy LaHart, NESCAC winner, all academic selection three times, also an all sportsmanship selection twice, uh, president of the Special Olympics Club here. He it does it all, doesn't he? He is, yeah, he's going to be, I, 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 it's hard to put into words appreciation I have for, for Billy. He's, uh, I mean, I, I, there's so many vivid memories I have with him, you know, when he was, when he got into Bates and he drove up to campus just to meet with me and talk about you know, his potential role, is he going to be on the team, is he have to try out, and we've had some really great dialogue, he's worked his tail off, I think what, one thing I'll say about Billy is that his definition of hard work is different than anyone else I've ever coached, um, 
and he, you know, he leaves nothing to chance. The kid's a winner. And this kid has helped me so much since this, this academic year began, just keeping things organized with the guys. We've had to sort of fly by the seat of our pants with everything, not knowing at 4.30 practice, at, at 4.28, we could get a call that two kids are positive and four close contacts and we're shut down. And so um, he was so on top of everything. And it really would have been great to see what he could have done this year because he's this kid, that kid has earned it. Um, and I think anybody, whether they're an athlete or not on this campus that knows Billy has something incredible to say about him. And, and he's, um, yeah, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss not having him around. Even the, he, he started a yoga session for us at the end of practice. So this year we had, you know, he put him in, in a sort of a circle and, and he went through like a 20 minute post-stretch routine that has really helped our, our recovery. So um, I was telling everybody to take notice because he's not going to be here next year to do that. So um, there's a million things I could say about him, but love the kid. And, and uh, I know he's going to have a lot of success next year. Well, and the game that stands out to me was when um, Bates beat Maine Maritime in a game where the, the Navigators, uh, which Billy works with closely, the Special Olympics Club, uh, were there. And Billy uh, played in the game and got a huge round of applause that I'm sure everyone noticed. I mean, that was, you know, sometimes you think, oh, it's just a non-conference game, you know, kind of middle of the week. But that, that was a pretty impactful moment, I felt like, that whole uh, time. Yeah, that was that was amazing to, yeah. And, you know, he got in there and, you know, every time he touched the ball, there was just an electricity in the gym that wasn't there before that. Um, and that's the other thing too, like just every Wednesday I would come in for the better part of two or three years. And he was in there, um, you know, helping him, helping the special Olympics team with practice. And he was just so invested. And I know, um, before one of the practices we had this spring, he was on a zoom call trying to recruit the next president and, and talk about the importance of what he's done. And, and so everything for him is always bigger than, than himself and the program and, and Bates, you know, I think he's, he's really trying to do the right thing in the game of life. And um, I admire that and, you know, have a ton of respect for him. And then last, but certainly not least, another team captain Raheem Spence from Nantucket uh, biochemistry major and, you know, finally got some significant playing time as a junior, right? Another guy who you just wish we'd seen what he could do this senior year, right? Oh yeah. Big time. He, um, you know, he, he was out all freshman year with an injury that, you know, by the time, you know, I think he got to layup lines in our last game his freshman year when he was fully cleared and healthy. And he did this like crazy windmill, you know, uh, this like thing that you can't teach. He just has some DNA that's like, wow, was, that was incredible. Um, but again, similar to James, he was behind a couple guys and came to practice every day, worked his butt off, uh, super skilled and um played some big minutes last year in conference play in the playoffs and, and was really effective and um, not to, not to give it away yet, but I'm fairly confident he'll be coming back for a ninth semester. Uh, so we may see him one more winter, potentially don't want to, don't want to, okay. You know, give it away too much. So, uh, but I think we're, there's a small chance we'll get him back uh, for NESCAC season next winter. So interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit less emotional about him knowing that he'll be here, but I, I can't say enough about him either. He's uh he's quiet, but when you get to know him, he's a really fascinating young man that, that I think, um, you know, once he gains a little more confidence, this kid's going to flourish in everything that he does. 
So January 2022, watch out for the men's basketball roster. See if uh, Raheem's yeah. on there, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely got to. He's going to shake up. Yeah, if, if that is the case, if, you know the uh, the guys that are playing in the first semester, I just shouldn't get too comfortable. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Um, I'm sure men's basketball fans are interested in how the scrimmage against Bowden went. I mean, I know Bowden didn't have a full team, but you guys were able to scrimmage them. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, they only brought six guys over, and I think four of them were, like, post players. So uh, <laughs> it was a little bit slower, uh, which was fine because we have actually have a pretty big roster right now, so we were able to match up uh, height-wise. But um, it was just great to play somebody different. Uh, you know, it was really it really wasn't a scrimmage. It was more like – sort of three eight minute segments of controlled uh, I guess controlled scrimmaging. Um, but it was, for me, it was good to see. I played everybody, you know, just to see what they can do against somebody other than ourselves. And it was really reassuring that the guys had put in work in this off season. Um, you know, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to see in practice, you know, and, and now when I saw it in that type of setting, I was like, okay, some of these guys got a lot better, got a lot more confident. And then some of my young guys surprised me too. I, I didn't know what to expect, but I think, you know, them knowing that might be their only form of competition this year. I mean, they were bringing every ounce, everything they had to that, to that moment. So I'm super optimistic about the future and, um, you know, I'll be interested to see how things shake out at Bowden now that they're in search of a new coach. Right. It definitely changes a foot in the NESCAC, but uh, Don Furbush, uh, any other thoughts you want to share about this senior class we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Not just to my seniors, but all the seniors here that are dealing with this, um, you know, we, we, we have a culture of what's called the wrench and I'll, I'll save you this story. It's probably not appropriate for this Bobcast anyways, but um, what everyone's dealing with right now is, is an athlete is, is the ultimate wrench. And, and we've always said, it's embrace what, what is hard. And, and, you know, it makes you feel alive. It makes you feel that you have purpose. It gives you a challenge every day. And so, you know, the easy thing to do is be selfish and say, Oh, I didn't get this or that. But I think what we've done is, is really look at it from what we've been able to do during this time that maybe others haven't been able to do. And so, um, you know, my message to all those guys has been um, just appreciate the moments you have together because um, you know, I was saying every day in the gym, like when you walk out today, this could have been the last day, you know, we're, we're a sneeze or a cough away from, we don't practice tomorrow. So um, we just got to try to find a way to appreciate what it is that we have and not focus on what we don't. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, sports return again. The lacrosse programs take on Colby this Sunday. The tennis teams will visit Trinity. The rowing teams race at Tufts. And the golf teams tee off at Martindale Country Club. We'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. 